It's Twin Bills, the Red Sox podcast from the sports department of the Providence Journal, featuring Red Sox beat writer Bill Koch, along with sports editor Bill Corey. Now, Twin Bills. Hello and welcome to this week's Twin Bills Red Sox podcast. This is Bill Corey of the Providence Journal. With me is sports writer Bill Koch. Bill, we are sitting here as the Red Sox are taking on the Kansas City Royals in the 82nd game of the season. So it seems to me that uh, it's uh, it's a good time to kind of take stock of where this team is at the halfway point. They are, uh, in case anyone is wondering, they are in first place in the American League East. 50 wins, 31 losses. They've got a three-game lead as we speak on the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they are actually on pace to win 100 games, which seems crazy, uh, considering that uh, my, and I think your predictions, was somewhere in the 80 to 85 win range. 85, yeah. Uh, so uh, certainly have eclipsed our expectations, Bill. Uh, so what do we make of this team at the uh, at the halfway uh, at the halfway mark. First things first, Bill Corey. Mm. I want to wish you and all the listeners a happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh boy! Here on July, am I getting one point two million dollars in my account? Today? Perhaps you <laughs> can hit check. up Bobby Bo. <laughs> I should check because he has a fresh one point two million dollars in his bank account, and he's going to have that. Uh, that uh, deposit, I think, for uh, like another 15 years or so, or something like that, right? 15 years exactly through 2035. <laughs> nice. Deferred payments from the Mets. Well, and he hasn't played for the Mets in probably like 30 years or something like that, right? Or, well, maybe not quite, but mid 90s, early 90s, something like that. So, uh, let's see. Anyway. 2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. In okay. Fact, so the Mets I'm, agreed to buy out the remainder of his contract. Okay. Uh, not so great. He, so he's been paid. So he's been being <laughs> not he's great. Been, he's been paid for twenty one years now, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. at that, at with this, yeah. with this extension, with thing. with interest and annuities right. and, right. and whatever else, they're yeah. going to end up paying him a lot more. <laughs> Terrible business decision. What were the Mets doing? It's amazing that their owners were bankrupt and they had to sell. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> that Bud Zilek had to loan them payroll and whatever else. Right. No matter what bad decision your team makes. You can always just point to the Mets and say, "Well, <laughs> it's, it's not, not Bobby. The, it's not the Bobby Bonilla decision where we have to pay him a million point two, uh, you know, dollars. It's sort of in perpetuity every year, you know." So, yeah, but uh, uh, back to your question. Yes, which I, which I do not mean to dodge. I just think we need to commemorate Bobby Bonilla every year on July first. Sure, uh, the start of the fiscal year, obviously, which is why he is paid on this day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I predicted the Red Sox for 85 wins. It looks like they're going to make a fool out of me, and, and you know I'm certainly going to be in the majority uh, in that. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody actually picked them to win 95 or more wins. And, and no. you know, let, let's be honest, there's a ways to go before they get to that mark, but at this point... 85 would be a disappointment. You know, and they, they've done it, um, you know, by sort of rebuilding the starting rotation here. They were dreadful last season. Yep. Um, I think the, the current group, the current five, I think aside from a couple starts by Tanner Houck, I think they've made the other 79. So health, obviously, a huge part right. of this. Right, um, I want to go back to the first World Series champions the Red Sox had in 2004. I don't think that rotation missed a turn throughout the season. Right. I think all those guys made 30 starts, if, Just about. if I'm yeah. correct. No, I think you're right. Um, you know, so health is, is a huge part of that. Um, they're obviously better in terms of performance. That's a huge part of that. Uh, J.D. Martinez, getting back to who he is, really gives a, an, an impact bat. 
the middle of that lineup um, allows Bogarts and, and Devers to be themselves. Uh, Verdugo has settled in nicely in front of that trio. He's been a good number two hitter. Um, Hunter Renfro has really turned it on in the last two months. Uh, starting on May 1st, he, he's really been a productive hitter. Um, they've managed to slot him into the six hole. And so now you have more than half of your lineup who you would look at and say, these guys can make a difference in a game. Um, two through six, those five hitters. Um, you know, so you look at the Red Sox so far, they're among the league leaders in offense, OPS, run scored. Mm-hmm. They lead the league in doubles. Um, pitching has been good enough. They're average, they're 15th in ERA, but they're 6th in bullpen ERA. The relievers have been really good so far. Um, you know, you've had a couple really nice surprises out there, whether it's Garrett Whitlock, who's been superb. Um, you know, Obviously, Josh Taylor right now is riding 24 straight scoreless appearances. This is a guy who some fans wanted to DFA in, in April. Uh, you know, He was that bad to start off, uh, but he's been super. Um, and then I, I think you just you look at the top and you look at Alex Cora and, and the influence that he's had coming back. Uh, you know, just that stabilizing piece leading the way, and that's no disrespect to Ron Renneke. He was managing this team in a very difficult time in a transition year. Um, you know, but I just think Cora is is a cut above in terms of managers. I, I think he has that kind of feel. I think he has that kind of influence, and you know, I think players respond to that. And he is coaxing good to great performances out of the majority of this roster to date. Well, uh, let's let's uh, start with the uh, with the hitting and, and and digging in a little bit on that. So they've got three guys who are uh, who have an OPS of over nine, and that is Xander Bogarts, who's who's having a fantastic season, uh, OPS of nine forty two. He's a, got a batting average of three thirty, uh, forty eight RBIs. Raphael Devers, who offensively has has really climbed to an elite level, yeah, uh, OPS of nine twenty six. He's batting uh, two eighty two. He's got uh, RBI-wise 64 RBIs. One of those guys now that when he comes up, you have to watch him. Yeah. You just have to watch him because he he can connect and hit a ball a long way, hitting in the clutch. Uh, you know, sort of uh, must-see TV when uh, when his time goes up in the order, and then of course JD Martinez, who as you as you noted, got got back to being the JD Martinez we remember from a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, nine eighteen OPS. He's hitting uh, three oh two, I want to say, and and uh, knocked in fifty four uh, uh, runs, and uh, and Hunter Renfro, as you mentioned, coming on very strong. Verdugo having a nice season, not great, not you know sort of elite, but but. Very nice season. So offensively, um, there is not much to complain about. Yes, you know we'd like to see Bobby Dahlbeck not strike out quite as many times. Yes, uh, you know it's been a little disappointing with Christian Vasquez maybe not living up to what we thought we might see or the continuation of, of uh, what he has done the last couple of seasons. But that's those are sort of first world problems when you've got. Uh, the rest of the the lineup performing the way it's performing. Yeah, it's it's a. I would say it's a group of very clear strengths and very clear weaknesses. I, I don't I don't think they necessarily have much in the middle. Um, and so far, the strengths have outweighed the weaknesses. Yeah. To to date. Yep. Um, you know, Baseball Reference makes it real easy uh, if you want to compare positionally the rest of the league. They have a stat called wins above average, mm-hmm. and it's exactly what it sounds like offensively, defensively. How do you measure up with every other team in the league? Yep. Non-pitchers, the Red Sox are eighth in wins above average. 
So that means their position players are doing a very good job. Yeah. Um, you know, they're a top 10 team in baseball. Bullpen, they're tied for first wow. with the Cubs. Their bullpen has been superb mm-hmm. uh, and wins above average. Uh, starting pitching, they're 19th. They have work to do there. Yeah. Uh, if they're going to add at the trade deadline. And they're, they're trending in the wrong direction in that. Trending in the wrong direction in that as well. Department. Garrett Richards is, is adopting a changeup for the first time in his career Yeah. Uh, in response to the sunscreen and rosin and foreign substances crackdown. Uh, Nick Pavetta gave up nine home runs in June. He had only given up four in March, April, and May mm. previously combined. Right. Uh, so he's going in the wrong direction. Struggled his last start. Uh, Martin Perez is, is sort of regressing to who he is. He's a number four, number five starter. Uh, not necessarily a guy that you would have in a playoff rotation. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez threw well against the Yankees the other night. Um, you know, Six innings, only allowed two runs. Those were on an Aaron Judge homer. Prior to that, he had an ERA above six, and and you know I understand that his peripherals are better than that, and you know a lot of folks would say he's due for a correction. Well, it hasn't happened yet; it's mm. halfway through the season, right. so I don't necessarily want to bank on that. I would say the only guy that you would feel comfortable putting out there in October right now is Nathan Evaldi. Um, and as you know, Bill, uh, in October we play series; we don't play single elimination. <laughs> so you're going to need a little more than one starting pitcher, right? Uh, if you are trending like this going into the playoffs, yeah. So that's clearly the the area I think of of largest concern here. Uh, Ivaldi has been very good; he's got an ERA in the mid, uh, you know, three point six. Um, he's been, you know, a little up and down, but more up than down. And, you know, pitched great against the Yankees uh, in the last series. He, he's pitching as we speak uh, today against the Royals. Um, and, you know, with the big bugaboo with, with Evaldi is always, you know, is he going to get hurt and miss significant time? Right. And, you know, we'll knock on particle board here that uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. He, he's been, he's been uh, pretty reliable so far this season. Uh, but yeah, Nick Pavetta is sort of troubling. His his uh, performances have really dipped in the last few starts. Garrett Richards, you know, uh, yeah, he's looking for a new pitch because apparently he can't keep throwing what he was throwing before. You have to come to that realization, or at least to that that assumption, uh, after hearing what he said and seeing what the performances have been like. You know, and Erod unfortunately has not become uh, has not been the anchor of the staff. Has not returned to form. He's uh, he's pitching to almost a six ERA, uh, and but you know there is the uh, the ghost or the promise of Chris Sale lingering out there, Bill. So what do we make of this? Now look, it's great that Chris Sale's is uh, on his rehab has been progressing. I know everybody has been uh, really uh, encouraged by what they've seen as of late, uh, and uh, you know I do think he's going to be rejoining the staff here over the next several weeks, um, but. What do you think we can realistically expect from Chris Sale? Is there any way of really knowing? I haven't seen him pitch in a game in 23 months. Uh, And in that 2019 season, into August, he had a 440 ERA, which was the worst of his career. Now, you can assume that he was pitching through some sort of pain and you know, trying to to sort of grind it out because he felt the responsibility to take the ball every fifth day and go out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Chris Sale hasn't been a real elite, healthy pitcher over thirty starts since twenty seventeen. Yeah, it's been a while. That's, that's a right. long time. Yeah, that's a long time. That's four years. Yeah, even the year they won it, he was hurt and 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 kind of was not in the rotation toward the end there. Right after the All Star break, he yeah. went on the injured list. He had shoulder inflammation. Um, you know, shoulder soreness. He was really struggling. Um, you know, didn't really make it all the way back for for the postseason. Uh, he's no, pitching he, out of the bullpen. Out of the bull, yeah. Um, you know, so 
if you're going to tell me that this is going to be the Chris Sale of 2017 when he was 28 years old and not 32, I would say great. Yeah. Can't wait to have him back. He's going to be, you know, he's going to start game one of whatever postseason series you're in. Right. Um, but I can't take that for granted. I, I can hope for that. I can't expect that. And, and so I think the Red Sox should tailor their plans and their roster construction accordingly. Um, you know, I think that that means that they should still go out and make some sort of impact move yep. at the deadline in a few weeks. Um, well, that's a good point. You don't want you don't want the promise of Chris Sale or the hope of Chris Sale to kind of um, limit what you're what you're going to do at the at the trade deadline because you're sort of banking on something that you don't really know what the value is. Well, and if you're doing that, then you're not the Red Sox. You're some middling to low salary team, small market team who's just saying, you're trying to sell something to the fans. Well, yeah. you're, you're you're essentially saying, well, we've already spent all our money. Yeah. You know, we've already gone through all our budget. <laughs> We're not going to add, you know, from the outside. We're not going to, you know, give up anybody to to get something. We're not really going to go for it. Um, you know, and I think you owe that to your players. I think you owe that to your fans to make some sort of impact move and, and some sort of statement of intent that, yeah, we're going for it. It's, you know, it's going to be interesting because I'm sure even the Red Sox didn't think they were going to be in that. You know, if you, if you could inject them with truth serum and, and say, okay, what did you legi- le- uh, legitimately expect to be? Where did you legitimately expect to be, uh, you know, in, uh, around the All-Star break? I don't think they would say in first place, and you know, uh, on pace to win a hundred games. So now that you are there, you are clearly uh, a team that that has postseason aspirations. It would be a major uh, disappointment if you tanked in the second half and didn't and didn't make the playoffs. No, I, I would say that you're a year early. Um, you know, and I and but I think, whatever. Hey, you know, it happens, right? You're you get, a year early. Fine. The, you know, the, they give out the World Series trophy this year as well. You know. You know, I mean, if if I was to you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, my last relationship. Did, did I expect to start dating my last girlfriend the night I started dating her? No, not at all. <laughs> right. That, it just sort of happens it, that way. It just way, sort right? of happened. You got to figure it out on the go. You know, yeah. I, I mean, opportunity knocks. You got to figure it out. Yep. Um, you know, and, it, and it's no guarantee that if you're sitting here and you're the Red Sox and you think, OK, you know, 2021, we're going to be better. We're going to make some signings. We're going to bring in some character guys. We'll get sale back at the end of the year for four or five starts or whatever it is. Uh, we'll just make sure that he's healthy, and then I'll have a conventional build up to twenty-two. And at that point, we'll really give it a bid and, and try to go for it. Um, you know, and and that's all well and good if you're say you know through eighty-one games and you're forty-one and forty. Right. But now you're sitting there fifty and thirty-one. You lead the division by three games. You lead the wild card by seven. Um, you know, you are a very realistic October contender. You are only one of two teams with 50 wins at this point, and the other you team the is Giants. in the National League. Yeah, uh, and and you are a team in a market uh, that reasonably expects you to be contending and to show ambition and to be playing in October, and even unreasonably expects you to be well, contending. That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> right. and that's kind of what we're going to do here. Um, right. You know, certainly we're we're going to say, "How dare you not win the World Series that's right. when you make the playoffs?" At this point, uh, right. How could you? Um, you know, but yes, I I think I think you know, if I'm a Red Sox fan, yes, I I want to see them give it a real try. I want to see them better this roster. I want to see them address some of their deficiencies uh, at the deadline. Um, and I don't necessarily think that all of those have to be or should be internal solutions. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear that 
Chris Sale and Tanner Houck and Jaron Duran and Franchi Cordero and Christian Arroyo are going to address everything that's wrong with this team yeah. because I just don't believe that fundamentally. I, I just don't. No, and, and nor should you. I, I think that they, they certainly should be able to go and get somebody that can help them down the stretch. I think that somebody hopefully is an arm. Um, you know, I mean, I think their offense has is uh, proven to be okay, but they could probably use another bat as well. But they could really use another arm. Uh, well, consider so. this: if you look in the lineup, and and you know, sorry to jump in, but you look at them by position so far. Mm-hmm. They have an OPS of under seven hundred at catcher, first base, second base, left field, center field, and yet they're among the league leaders in offense. The overall in the offense is good. Yeah. You know, it's it's really good, actually. It's it's elite. Um, they're third in OPS. They're second in runs scored. They're first in doubles. But that's being driven mo- mostly by, like, four guys. The guys in know? the middle. And if they slump or fall off or right. for whatever reason, God forbid, one of them gets hurt, Yeah, you don't have much margin for error there. Right. You would like to see some sort of improvement. Uh, you know, I, I, I think back to Friday night. When the Red Sox played the Yankees to open that three-game series at, at Fenway, which ultimately wound up a, a Boston sweep, yeah. they had Connor Wong, Danny Santana, Bobby Dahlbeck on the bench. Hmm. If Alex Cora wants to pinch hit late in the game, yeah. what sort of options does he really right. have there? Right. Um, you know, and so that I understand that that you could add more guys to that mix, and there are guys on the IL, and that's not going to be the bench going forward. But I think that on that particular night, anyway, it illustrated that yes, there are certainly areas where you could improve this roster considerably going into the deadline and beyond. For sure. Uh, so one area that I think troubles me and troubles a lot of Red Sox fans is their propensity to make errors in the field. Mm. And I think uh, if I looked at the uh, the stats correctly, they lead the league in errors per game uh, if you if you average it out that way. But you're here to tell me that I shouldn't be that worried about it, right, Bill? I didn't say that. <laughs> that uh, you know the fact that that Raphael Devers has 12 errors is maybe not as damaging as it looks in black and white. For Devers specifically, yes. Uh, you know, you, you would look at his defensive run saved, which is, you know, it factors in range, errors, throwing, fielding, whatever yep. else. He's just about at zero. So that classifies that he's not helping you, he's not hurting you right. in, in that way. Um, would you like him to be better? Yes. Would you like him to kick the ball less? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but if you look at some of the things that judge his range factor, particularly his glove side, He's yeah. pretty good going that. Yeah, direction. he does make some some very impressive plays, but you know there are times when he makes bonehead plays or bad throws or whatever, and you're like, oh, and geez. you're just like, oh yeah. man, you know what are, what are we doing here? Yeah, um, you know, yeah, he's going to be a frustrating guy. It, it's something he works on. It's the clear deficiency in his game. Um, you know, but you're willing to accept it because the bat is just incredible. Oh um, yeah, I mean, there's no, you know, <laughs> there's no argument on my part that we should not not let him play or anything like that. It's just, no. it's just, uh, you know, you'd you'd like to see him maybe focus more on defense a little bit, just just to you know maybe get those numbers a little bit more uh, under control. Because um, what troubles me, Bill, is that when you looked at the uh, at the metrics of you know league leaders in in defense best you know best defenders and worst defense the best defensive team according to that metric anyway was the Houston Astros oh by the way they can hit too yeah so that's probably a team that you may be seeing again you're not going to see him again in the regular season but um 
you know, we there's a good chance that the Red Sox are going to see them again come October. And you know, pitching and defense usually is what wins when the when the weather turns. Uh, sources say that they can also <laughs> pitch a little bit too. That's what I've heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Houston has the makings of yeah. of a really good team. Uh, had a double digit winning streak recently, and that's with Alex Bregman on the IL. Right, uh, he's right. Got a quadriceps problem. Um, you know, but the way that Houston's been able to develop pitching in, in recent years and, and the latest crop they're bringing through now, Framber Valdez, Jose Urquidy, um, those guys really give the Red Sox a hard time. Uh, you know, Jake Odorizzi, Jake Odorizzi, I'm sure they're hoping that he can round into form here yep. at some point. Uh, they're squeezing every last drop out of Zach Greinke. I, I don't know how much he has left. Hmm. Um, you know, but the young guys they bring through, they've got some bullpen arms. Uh, Carlos Correa is in a contract push. He's hitting the cover off the ball all of a sudden. If they can keep Jordan Alvarez healthy, he is an elite offensive option uh, and gives them some balance in the middle of the order because he's a left-handed hitter. Um, you look at traditionally who they've been. Obviously, Springer has moved on in, in free agency, the Blue Jays, but when it was Springer, Correa, Bregman, they were heavily right-handed. Um, you put Alvarez in the middle of that, and all of a sudden you you can't just say, well, let's go to the bullpen and get a guy, you know, who's a righty who erases righties. Yeah. Then he's going to face Alvarez, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> here, here comes this guy, you know, who's got a nine hundred something OPS and can hit the ball nine hundred feet. You know, this is not going to be easy. Um, but yeah, Houston right now, I, I, I know what the records say, but you know, over the last month or so, they've looked like the best team in the American League. Um, and you would certainly think that you know you would back them to win the AL West, and depending on how the playoff brackets break out, if if the Red Sox are able to continue on mm. um, and win the AL East, uh, I mean, who knows? You you could have the ALCS there. Uh, Boston went two and five against the Astros. They they managed to win. I think it was the last game of each series. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Houston gave them a hard time, whether it was with their pitching. Um, or with the way they wore down the Red Sox pitching, the starters uh, in particular. Um, so, you know, curious to see what happens there. Um, you know, and that's that's only the more reason to, to try to address your weaknesses because you know that a couple of your potential opponents out there are very strong. Absolutely. Well, one of your potential opponents lately has not looked very strong, and that is the New York Yankees. And, Bill, I missed this last night, but <laughs> you were quick to point it out to me this morning. That uh, that Araldus Chapman basically burned down the Yankees' season. <laughs> I, I wanted to uh, put myself in your good graces, and I know that ripping the Yankees will put me right there helps. immediately. Yeah, it's always sure. good. Sure. Uh, yes, Araldus Chapman took a blowtorch to Yankee Stadium uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, he had an 8-4 lead in the ninth inning. He gave up a grand slam to Jared Walsh, and the Yankees lost in extra innings. Um, they had Zoom terrible. They had terrible. Zoom press conferences Thursday morning. Yeah. Before getaway day with the Angels, Hal Steinbrenner addressed the media, uh, gave Aaron Boone and his staff the dreaded vote of confidence. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> See, his dad wouldn't give the, the vote of confidence. <laughs> his, his, his dad, dad would have given the uh, vote of no confidence his dad, several times over and very loudly. His, his dad would have given the Joaquin Phoenix thumbs down <laughs> from uh, Gladiator. Right. That's, that's certainly what, what uh, the boss would have yeah. done. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, the boss watching Adam Adovino be paid eight hundred fifty thousand by the Yankees to pitch for the Red Sox. Right. That doesn't fly well. Uh, that anyway. would not yeah. have flown well with no. the boss. Uh, the boss watching Garrett Whitlock shove out of the bullpen for the Red Sox That's is right. Rule five. Rule pick five. Yeah. From the Yankees. Um, honestly, I, I 
we look at the Yankees and we see you know the struggles that they're having, and I think right now they're seven and a half back of the Red Sox in the AL East. They're in fourth place in the division, behind Toronto, behind the Rays. Yeah, they're they're one one uh, one notch up up from the cellar, and they're only two games above five hundred. So yeah, I mean things are not things are not happy in the Bronx. You know, and I I just I look at the Yankees roster and and I think about you know how they looked over the weekend against the Red Sox and. Um, they just look stale. They look slow. Um, they look very inflexible. Um, you know, it's just a team that they, they look like a softball team. And the last time they looked like that was, you know, probably in the mid-2010s. Jeter's coming to the end. A-Rod's coming to the end. Yeah. You needed to turn the team over. Uh, and they made some moves at the deadline. They traded a Raldis Chapman. Um, yeah, eventually got him a back. Big move, right? it, but that got them Glaber Torres yeah. from the Cubs. That's that right. was a big move. Um, the Yankees actually sold, and they turned it over to guys like Torres and Aaron Judge mm. and Gary Sanchez and Severino, and they had some young studs come through. That was their next playoff team. Right. But I think if, if, if eventually Brian Cashman loses his job, and I think he could be in very real danger of it's that It's amazing happening. that he's been there that long. I mean, they clearly have had... Uh, you know, amazing success. Ninety six, right? I think ninety. It was either ninety five or ninety six. Yeah, right. He yeah. took over for Stick Michael. Right. I want to say. Right. Um, you know, if if Cashman does indeed lose his job, and and I think he's in real danger of doing that if they miss the playoffs, I think he'll look back at the Stanton trade and and think that's the one that I should not have made. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, because not only did did that saddle them with a huge contract, but in terms of where you can play him. And when you can play him. Yeah, that, well, that's the other thing. You know, you You're just, stuck. Aaron Boone has no good answers for can, how to use him. You can just bank on him being out for swats of the season. He's going to get hurt. Know? Yeah. And and when he's not hurt, he has DH. You're afraid to play him in the outfield because he could get hurt if, if you do that. He can't play left field at Yankee Stadium. Mm, it's no. far too big. Yeah. Aaron Judge is playing right field. You know, so you can't put him out there. He's not an infielder. Right. So what do you do with him? You know, eventually, do you turn him into a first baseman? Do you maybe try to trade Luke Voigt for, you know, help elsewhere? You make Stanton a first baseman. Right. You know, you, you try to free up a, a position or a, a lineup spot at DH, um, you know, because they're stuck with this guy in perpetuity. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, he's, he's... No no one's taking that contract off your hands. And he's not opting out of it either, which he had a clause in there that right. he could. Uh, but he's taking the whole 325 from yep. the Yankees. Uh, well, some from the Marlins up front, but... Uh, you know, there's no way he's he's just going to say, "Oh, that's it. I'm you know I'm going to put myself back on the market, and, <laughs> and I'm certainly going to get more." That's not happening. Um, you know, and and now I look at New York, and and I think you know, and I've said this before on the pod, they're badly in need of a center fielder. Um, you know, they paid Aaron Hicks a lot of money. He's on the IL. I don't necessarily know if he's the everyday guy, but they've got Aaron Judge and Brett Gardner playing out there. That that neither one of those guys are the answer in, in center field every day. No. Um, you look and, and you might say, has this run its course? You know, there was a, a good column in uh, the New York Post. can't remember if it was by Ken Davidoff or by Bob Clappish or maybe Joel Sherman. Um, could have been Joel Sherman, actually. was talking about potentially trading Aaron Judge. Hmm. You know, are you really going to extend Aaron Judge? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and the premise was Aaron Judge is a big body guy who's just as likely to break down as Stanton is. Do you want to tie him up for 
you know, six, seven, eight years for however much. Versus the haul you might be able to get for him now, yeah. Versus if you trade him now at the deadline and he's still got a year of team control left next season yeah. and, you know, maybe you deal him to a contender and you get back a couple younger, more flexible pieces and you put them around LeMayhew, Torres, Urshela, um, you know, maybe Hicks comes back next year and he's healthy. Maybe you finally make a decision on whether or not Sanchez is going to be your catcher going forward or not. Um, maybe you've reached the end of the line with him as well. Mm. Uh, but they have some serious decisions to make, uh, and I think Cashman is going to find himself potentially in more trouble than Boone. I, I think the roster that he's built there, um, you know, just it, it just doesn't it doesn't feel you know very explosive, very spark pluggy, very sort of right. It's very limiting. And yeah. yeah, I'm not sure that you can really lay a lot of this at the feet of, of of Aaron Boone. I mean, I think that he's dealing. You know, he's playing the cards that 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 were dealt to him. And yeah, I mean, it is a very inflexible roster. And when guys get hurt, and listen, this happens to any team. But with the Yankees, you've got guys who who sort sort of seem to routinely get hurt. Uh, and uh, yeah, they look, they just look, as you described, just eminently beatable. Uh, but who, hey, who knows? You know, um, they, they may, they may surprise us, sign somebody at the deadline. They might get some guys back healthy. And I mean, it's not like the season is over for them. They, they're within striking distance. It's just surprising that they are where they are at this point of the year. They, they are still the Yankees. And and I think anyone who who writes them off, you do so at your own peril. I, I still think that they can find a way to figure this out and get this right. If that means they have to fire the coach to do it or fire the manager to do it and, and maybe spark these guys to life. I, I don't know if firing Aaron Boone is the answer. I don't know if all of a sudden that's going to you know prompt some sort of uprising in the clubhouse and they win 20 in a row. Yeah. You know, the, 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 that's sort of the final straw solution. Hey, let's fire the manager. Let's fire the coach. Yeah. You know, we'll 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 shake him up. You know, we'll do like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, you know, it, it's possible. I think a lot of that is kind of overblown. I'm not sure that that these multimillionaires who've, uh, you know, they, they they react to the they react to stuff like that. Like like maybe they once did. But, I agree with you. Uh, but um, Bill, but, uh, but I do think that administratively. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was Cashman or, or Boone, I, I, you know, I wouldn't feel too great about my security right now. No, no, for sure. Uh, so, Bill, the other thing happening today, besides the Red Sox playing their getaway game against the uh, against the Royals this afternoon, is that tonight uh, we're going to uh, find out the All Star team for for uh, the American League and the National League, I assume. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, for the Red Sox, I'm assuming we're going to see four All Stars. Um, well, three anyway, and then probably one more. If he if he doesn't make it, he's going to get added. Uh, and, and so the three hitters basically would be um, Devers, uh, Bogarts, and JD Martinez. And I think I got to think that Matt Barnes is going to find his way to an All Star team too. And I think that's right. Um, so l- let's look at the offense first of all. Any uh, um, first of all. Barnes and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bogarts and uh, Devers, no brainers, and sh- and uh, Martinez, another also great season should be a no brainer, but he's going as a DH, so it make it co- sort of complicates things a little bit, yeah, doesn't there's it? There's this guy named Shohei Otani. <laughs> he also plays DH. Uh, oh, I mean, he also pitches and 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 can can be the DH. Uh, there's this guy named Shohei Otani who's probably going to win the fans' vote uh, as the DH, yeah. and and very deservedly so. Uh, Martinez, after the game the other night, was asked uh, about the All Star. 
selections. And, and he said, just flat out, he said, Otani should be the MVP of the league. Never yeah. mind the, the starter at DH in the All-Star game. He said, look what this guy's doing. He's going to hit 45 home runs. He's going to win 12 games on the mound. Yeah, like what? What That's are we? Crazy. What are we really talking about right. here? You know, <laughs> right. this guy's doing things that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. That's a hundred years sure. ago. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, Babe Ruth stopped pitching in in like nineteen nineteen, nineteen twenty. Right. Like it, it's just it's it's unbelievable. Right, and we didn't really even. And you just mentioned it, we didn't really see this with Babe Ruth because he wasn't this prodigious power hitter and a pitcher until a little bit later on. Right. He grew he, into the sort right. of slugger when he started to play every day and they started to juice the ball a little bit right and you know he starts playing yankee stadium and all of a sudden it's like whoa yeah like he's out homering whole teams yeah um you know he was a the colossus of clout he, mm. he was a colossus mm-hmm. um you know but i i think certainly bogart's endeavors will be elected as starters and, and yep. i think it will be deserved in in both cases oh, for sure yeah um you know martinez that's where you sort of get into because I assume he's going to finish second in the DH voting. Yeah, and and that's sort of where you get into the roster gymnastics. I I assume that Kevin Cash will be the manager because he had the World Series team last year with yeah. the Rays. Um, you know, so you get into who will Kevin Cash select, um, and how will he satisfy the the rule that says every team has to be represented? Is there another hitter from another team who doesn't get voted as a starter? And they squeeze out J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Um, you know, I assume Matt Barnes is going to go to the game. Is there another pitcher from another team mm. who's not represented, yeah. who needs to go in the bullpen and Matt Barnes gets squeezed out? I, yeah. I never take those things for granted. You would think with expanded rosters, I think it's to 30 now, that both of those guys would find their way right. to Denver. Um, yeah, I certainly think they'd both be deserving of finding their oh, way to sure. Denver. In, in my mind, the Red Sox have four guys who should be American League All-Stars this year. The two starters, Bogarts and Devers, and then potentially the two reserves, Martinez and Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, either way, you know, I think that um, you know, the Red Sox will be w- well represented. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Martinez will, will find his way there. But, yeah, there, there, are, there are these considerations that, that sometimes, uh, you know, means that a deserving guy sits but it kind of all works out at the end i mean there's somebody gets it hurt should. yeah somebody gets hurt or whatever someone goes on paternity s- leave something someone happens someone decides he doesn't want to go right, right um you know a pitcher makes an appearance <clears throat> the weekend before whether it's a starter or a reliever that's and right his manager says i'd, I'd rather yep. him not go right and they pull him out of the game yep um you know they they have uh, defined parameters now in terms of Starters. I don't think you could start. You know, starting pitchers can't start within within a certain three days, number of days of the game, yeah. four days of the game. I think it's three, and then yeah. they're removed. They can make the trip, but they're off the roster yeah. actively, and they select somebody else. Yep. Yep. Um, they've they've made a lot of they've made a lot of tweaks to that over the course of the years. I mean, I you know, I'm sure you grew up watching the All Star Game. I certainly did. It was a much bigger deal because it, it, when I was watching it as a kid and um, <clears throat> as a teenager, because it was prior to interleague play. Right. So you never saw the uh, National League no. until the World Series, but now you know you got to see these great National League players that you know I didn't really watch day in day out because you were watching the Red Sox, right? Uh, but you know that that's sort of been watered down, and plus the just the movement of players, you know, players are jumping teams a lot more than they than, than they used to. And now with MLB Network and national broadcasts and the, and the baseball package, right? You can watch any player play for any team just at, about. at any time, right? Um, you know, before it was the All Star Game in the playoffs where you saw Mike Schmidt. 
Right. You didn't see Mike Schmidt. That's right. All year. Yeah. You know, he's in Philly. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, you follow the box score in the newspaper. Yeah, Mike Schmidt's a great player. That's right. Don't really know anything about him. <laughs> right. Um, you know, that you could even go into the 90s, those great Pirates teams, the great Atlanta teams, yeah. you know, with Barry Bonds and, you know, the pitching in Atlanta. You didn't see those guys until the World Series or Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Yeah. Um, you know, but you didn't see them a lot, not before interleague play. And that's sort of when free agency really you know, started to take off right. and, and you had guys leaving and the big market teams really separated themselves with cable deals and, and you know, regional networks and you know, all of a sudden the Red Sox own Nesson and the Yankees start yes yeah. and, and they're just and the Dodgers start their own network and it's they turn into complete and total money machines. It wasn't like that in the eighties. No, no, the teams were a lot closer back then in terms of their finances. I mean they were they, clearly the Yankees were the Yankees and they were they were big market teams, but you're right. They didn't know how to monetize things, or they didn't monetize things the way they have in the last 20 years or so. It was a lot more based on the gate yeah. than it was on TV. Right. And, and and that had something to do with your market, sure. But, I mean, you look in the mid-'80s. like you, you just look at the Clemens 20 strikeout start. Fenway Park's half empty. Yeah. There's yeah. no one at those games. Right, whereas now people, you know, a million people will tell you they were there. But yeah, we, <laughs> right. we have the video right. footage to show you all the empty seats. You know, the attendance that night was like 14,000. Yeah, it was half full. Yeah, a little less than half. Um, you know, if, if you were a franchise and you drew $3 million at the time, you were one of the money yeah, franchises. you were doing you well. Three million fans, your payroll was going to be high, you were making cash. Yeah. The television contracts didn't have anything near to do with it what it does now. Right. Um, you know, so now you you get to the point where cable rights being what they are and the MLB network being what it is. I could watch, yeah, you know, to pick a player. I could watch Nolan Arenado play twenty times a year, mm. twenty five times a year. Yeah, if, if you're willing to pay for the package, absolutely. I mean, if, if I really want to, yep. um, you know, if he's my favorite guy, if I really like Trevor Story. Yeah, you know, I can wait until he hits free agency. He's going to sign with somebody <laughs> who's going to be in the playoffs. But, right. you know, if I really like Trevor Story with the Rockies, I could watch him play 25 times a year. I sure. don't need to wait for the All-Star game or whatever else. Um, but some of the rules they still have for the roster construction are a little hokey. Every team still needs to be represented. Yeah. And, you know, you still need like this and that. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> so at times, the downside of that is people who are deserving, like Martinez, like Barnes, if they're not elected as starters, they could get squeezed out. Yeah. I, I don't take it for granted that they'll be there. They should be there. I think the Red Sox should end up with four guys. I think they will. I think Kevin Cash will take care of his old friend and teammate, Alex Cora. That's right. And, and do just about whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, but I remember Cora managing the All-Star game in 2019, and, and he said, and he's right, it is somewhat an exhaustive process. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because and it's I'm not sure easy to accommodate everybody's request. There's a lot of politics going on. I'm sure you're getting calls from from uh, sort of on both sides. People who are lobbying that they want their guy to make the team and people who are saying, look, <laughs> I don't want him to pitch. You know, so, yeah, he can go there and, and take part in the festivities, but... Don't you know? I don't want him to pitch. So and you got agents in your ear. Hey, my guy's in the contract year. You know he's made the All Star game a couple times. If he could make it a third time, that'd be a big difference before he goes to free agency. Right. Uh, hey, my guy's looking to go to the Hall of Fame, and he's made nine of these, and ten looks a lot better than nine. You know, can you squeeze him onto the end of the roster? And you know, maybe the voters will do him a solid later on down the line. It, all sorts of influence going on. Well, you know, one of the traditions for the All Star game or the All Star week. Uh, uh, weekend or week, I guess, early early in the week is um, the home run derby, 
And uh, this year, the All-Star Game, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's in Denver, right? It's at Coors Denver. Field. It was moved from Atlanta to Denver. Right, yes. right. So uh, I want to see that home run derby. Oh, you know, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> that should yeah. be fun to watch, you know. Yeah, so, you're right. Uh, yeah, skip the humidor that night, right? That's right, yeah. Leave the balls let in it, their natural habitat. Absolutely. Let, let, it be. let, them, let them rip, yeah, right? We, we so. want to see someone hit one to Colorado Springs. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I'll be tuning in for that, for sure. Oh, no, that's a good point. That's uh, right. So, Bill, um, uh, before we wrap up, I want to uh, take your temperature, so to speak, on the uh, the time, as they say in Rhode Island, the time that they put on for Dustin Pedroia. Well, thankfully, you're doing that now and not on Monday because my temperature would have been a little high. <laughs> I, I promise you that. Holy <laughs> smokes. You weren't ready for the heat wave, I'm, I'm taking? No, I'm, I'm a morbidly <laughs> obese man. I don't want the heat wave. Oh, you're not that bad. I stuff. want winter, please. <laughs> At the very least, give me fall. Falls lovely, yeah, but we're 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 uh, we're a few more uh, heat waves, I think, uh, away from fall. I think this yeah. this is the part of the weather calendar that I am grinding through. I, I know <laughs> most right. folks grind through winter. I grind through summer. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Bill, you you live in the ocean state, so there's this thing called the ocean that helps cool that helps people cool off, and have been, has been doing so for like 200 years. I have, uh, <laughs> I have found the beach the last couple nights. Good. I have uh, after fulfilling my professional responsibilities. I've <laughs> nice. I found the beach for a nice walk, taken off the flip flops, and Excellent. put my toes in the water. It's been lovely. <laughs> well, uh, on that. Um uh, Friday night was it Friday? The uh, Petroia Friday thing? night. Friday it was. It was the opener against the New York Yankees. Yes, uh, it was the uh, the Red Sox honored their longtime second baseman uh, with I have to say a very nice ceremony. I thought nice some nice surprises. Pedro Martinez showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Lowell showed up. Jacoby Ellsbury showed up. Um, Rick Flair show. Oh, fantastic! Well, outstanding. Right. <laughs> I mean, really. That was that was really the coup de gras. Oh, you know, and nobody would have predicted that. No. Uh, but overall, the Red Sox did a good job, and it was fun to watch. And genuinely, uh, I thought that Pedroia was touched by it, and and he uh, he uh, he certainly appeared to be emotional during. He the, was quite emotional. Yeah, at a couple points. During the yeah, event. he was. And um, so this brings us to our discussion of. How good was Dustin Pedroia as a Red Sox player, right? And yeah. you touched upon this because you did a story or a column uh, looking at the top five Red Sox second basemen of all time. And so this is one of those, well, the first two are easy, and then it's pick three guys. And so your choices were obviously Bobby Dorr, who I don't think anybody would uh, argue with, is the greatest Red Sox second baseman of all time. Yeah, And Pedroia is probably the second greatest Red Sox uh, second baseman of all time. Probably not a Hall of Famer. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, but you know, I think he, uh, I think he needed to play, or need to have a few more really good seasons. And I think the last, few, the last few seasons of his career obviously was mostly hurt, um, uh, and and didn't uh, kind of go out the way he wanted to go out. But after those two, um, you know, the the list gets kind of thin. Uh, so, so who did you pick and why? For those of you who did not read the uh, read the column, it, it is a a significant drop off from from Dor and from Pedroia. Um, you know, Dor obviously is is still the franchise leader in most offensive categories at second base. Uh, yeah. he, he was a really good player in the forties. Um, yeah, know. and if, but of course he played in the shadow of Ted <clears throat> Williams. Part of some great Red Sox yeah. offenses there with Williams and Dom DiMaggio. Um, you know they. they they were uh, they were the all hit no pitch 
right. Red Sox right. at, at the time. That was the rap on them. They made one World Series in '46, couldn't get it done. Um, you know, against the Cardinals, and and that was, you know, that was just an era where the Red Sox slugged, and and I think that was sort of their identity for a long time after. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, they they didn't really find you know great pitching until. The 70s, and, and then they got into the 80s, and they had Clemens, and right. you know, in the 90s. I mean, they they, they had great pitchers here and there, here and there. I mean, they had Lonborg in the 60 in the 67 season, obviously. But yeah, in terms of a staff and as dominant pitching, you, th- that wasn't their identity. You, you so. didn't associate that with the Red Sox. You associated that with the Orioles, uh, more yeah. so at that time. Yeah. Um, but Door definitely Pedroia. Those those were the clear top two. Uh, from there, Billy Goodman, uh, I had third. He played his first 10 years in Boston. Yep. Um, you know, he was uh, mostly, you know, he ended up playing in Baltimore and Chicago and in Houston after that. But most of his production came with Boston. He was a runner-up for an MVP one year in 1950. Um, made an all-star team twice with Boston. Um, it was a good player here. Good serviceable player here. He succeeded Door yep. at second base. He sort of phased him out. Um, you know, fourth on the list, I had Pete Runnels, who who succeeded Goodman. Uh, they got him in a trade from Washington. They were the Senators mm-hmm. at the time. He had his best five seasons offensively in, in Boston. Uh, three All Star games. Um, you know, had an eight thirty five OPS with the Red Sox in uh, in five years. Hit forty nine career home runs. Twenty nine of them were here. Mm. Um, you know, so good offensive player with Boston. Uh, and then the last, the fifth guy on the list, I went for Hope Ferris, who was a turn of, turn of the century guy who played on the first Red Sox World Series champion. Okay, so that was a name I wasn't aware of, and I had yeah. to go back and take a look at it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he apparently was a good player. Um, you know, won the World Series in, in 1903, um, won the Yale pennant in 1904. Famously, the Giants would not face the Red That's Sox right. in the World Series. Yeah. Um, Boston had, had won, obviously, the previous year, and, and the Giants, who were managed by John McGraw, sort of thought the World Series was a gimmick. And Right, yeah, the National League was the true was the true. Baseball they league. Were the traditional right. league, and who are these renegades in the American League? And <laughs> right. you know, the, the reality is McGraw, seeing what happened the year before, didn't want to go out there and lose. lose yeah. He he was yeah. an immensely proud, <clears throat> stubborn person. Um, you know, managed for a long time as a Hall of Famer, you know, won championships with the Giants, but yeah. he wasn't about to go out there and lose <laughs> to a team from the junior circuit, right. as they were called, right. the American League. Yeah. Uh, you know, so would not put his team on the field against Boston. Otherwise, Hope Ferris could have two championships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, primarily a glove guy, not much of a hitter. Um, but in that era, that played. That's right. Oh, yeah. There weren't that many hitters. In that dead era. ball. <laughs> right. Uh, right. You know, the deadest of dead balls. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, guys. You know, Jody Reed was someone who I grew up with. I, I remember, you know, I surprised to see that, that name on the list. But, yeah, he, you know, he, he had some good years with the Red Sox. He was a, uh, a doubles machine for a while there. He wore out that left field wall. That's right. Um, you know, pull hitter, right-hander. Um, Mike Andrews, who's from, you know, your era, certainly. Yep. You would have remembered well, him better than me early in your era. Very, very early. early, yeah. I, I don't actually remember yeah. him as, as playing. But, yeah, he, he was... Uh, he was on the '67 team, and and he was on that on the uh, Red Sox from the uh, late '60s. I don't know if he, I don't know how long he was there in the early. Yeah, I'm 70s. sure your dad or your uncles or, oh, or you know friends' fathers absolutely. would have said you know Mike Andrews, whatever right. you know. Right. He well, was plus a good he went player, on to, you know? to to be the president of the Jimmy Fund for a long time. Served the right. club tremendously off the field. Um, you know, the next guy on the list would have been Marty Barrett, who we both know. Uh, you know, would have been the MVP of the '86 World Series had the Red Sox won it. Right. That came out later on that that he had won the press box vote. 
um, you know, was going to be presented with the trophy if, if Boston could have finished that off at yep. Shea Stadium that night. Yep. Uh, and then the last guy, you know, sentimental pick, but he was a good player uh, during his time was Jerry Remy. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Jer- Jerry, and and it's a little, uh, you know, we're biased around here because he's he's sort of a local guy. He went, you know, grew up in Somerset. Uh, but yeah, he you know he was a good player in in the time that he was there. Um, you know, uh, he didn't have an especially long career, uh, but he was a good player in, in the years that he played for the Red Sox. You know, more of a uh, speedster, bunted a lot. You know, played a, played a very good second base, and then his basically his his, uh, his health uh, you know ended his career. Yeah, I mean the the you know Remy much in the way that Pedroia played. Um, you know, was a max effort type guy, you know, sort of got everything out of his body that he could yep. uh, in the amount of time that he did play, um, you know, and gave until he couldn't give any more. Right. I, I think that's, uh, if you're looking at Pedroia and you want to consider his legacy specifically, um, there generally aren't many better things I think you could say about an athlete that he genuinely gave everything. Just about every time all he the went time, out there. yeah, absolutely. No, he never dogged it. I mean, he always came to play. And he always played hard, and you never questioned his heart. He always played to win, and uh, you know, I think we touched upon this last time too. You know, when, when you first saw him in, in a major league uniform, he didn't, you know, he didn't wow you right away. It took him a little while to kind of get going. No, and you were wondering, Jesus, this is this the guy? Is this the next? You know, because there was a lot of hype about him, and and he just looked overmatched. Didn't look to be big enough. That swing looked really big for such a small guy. And you're like, really? This is. But it didn't take long for him to start, you know, pro- proving us wrong and yeah. and proving why he uh, climbed the sort of the, the the rungs of of the organization as quickly as he did. Yeah, you you can't, um, you know, from external views and, and scouting and whatever else, you can't measure the size of a guy's heart. You right. know, he he certainly proved that. Um, the other thing, and and you know, they identified this early on, was he just had tremendous hand-eye coordination that helped him at the plate. It helped yep. him in the field. Yep. Um, you know, you you look at the way he's able to consistently make contact and put the barrel on the ball. Um, you know, that's unnatural. Not a lot of guys can do that. Right. Um, you know, and certainly the way he played in the field. Uh, I mean, you know, not not the biggest guy, not the quickest guy, so he wasn't necessarily going to have the greatest range, but he seemed to make really good reads. He had a quick first step. Yep. Um, got to a lot of balls that he shouldn't have. Defensively, one of the best second basemen I've seen play. Just flat out. And he could go in both directions, yeah. whether it's up the middle, in the 3-4 the hole. Right. Didn't seem to have a weakness in terms of which side of the field he's going to go to. No, um, you know he was he was really good defensively. Um, you know it showed that he was a college shortstop who moved over to second base. Right. Uh, you know because he clearly had a grasp on how to play the middle infield and, and had the range to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know he was he was a great Red Sox player. Do I think he's a Hall of Famer? I think he comes up just short. Right. Uh, but the team announced that they're going to induct him into their Hall of Fame next year in 2022. He's going to be part of that class, deservedly so. Um, you know, whether or not they retire his number at some point in the future, I think that's probably going to be open for debate. If, if it was up to me, I think I probably would. I know that they have a little more stringent standard for that. Yeah. Most of those guys, all of those guys, are, I think, are, are up there. Except for Pesky, I think, are Hall of Famers. Are Hall of Famers or would-be Hall of Famers. Yeah. David Ortiz is up there. Right. Um, you know, his voting will be interesting because he was named in the Mitchell Report. Yeah. And he was a DH. Right. Um, those tend to be strikes against with, with a portion of the electorate. Sure. 
Um, you know, but he's certainly going to garner some support for Cooperstown. I would assume that Pedroia is going to get some votes. Um, I don't necessarily know if he'll get 75% at any point, but he's certainly going to have a significant amount of the electorate behind him based on the fact that he won Rookie of the Year. He was an MVP. Um, you know, he made four All-Star games. I think he won four or five gold gloves. Yeah. Uh, if you look at his career... Two World Series championships. Three. Three, three World well, Series, The correct. third one he didn't play as much, yeah. but the, the first two he was an integral part Absolutely, of. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, and certainly in, in uh, you know, you look at what he did in, in 13, I mean, when he was really in his prime. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a big part of that team. Sure. Uh, you know, so I, I think you look at Pedroia and you're going to say that he's probably going to end up in the Hall of Very Good. You know, he's yeah. someone like who you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we were talking off the pod. I, he's, he's similar to like a Bernie Williams. Yeah. You know, somebody right. who had a, a decent peak. Yeah. Um, but who wasn't necessarily a guy who over six, seven, eight seasons you said, oh my goodness, right. you know, this guy's the best player in baseball or one of them. Right. No, he was consistently very good. Very good. Um, and I think the knock on Pedroia was that, that that era of him being very good probably just wasn't quite long enough. Right. Um, but we'll see. You know, certainly deserving getting into the Red Sox Hall of Fame and, and they uh, sort of bent the rules and let him in right away where they usually have to have a waiting period of, I don't know, what is three years, five years, something like that. But Th- That they did. Uh, and, and I don't think there's any qualms with that. I mean, um, you know, a great player for the years that he, he was here. And it helps that he was on great, successful teams. It raises the profile. You know, teams that win the World Series. It's not just... Somebody doing it, you know, being a great player in 1956 when the Red Sox are finishing, you know, in last or next to last. That's you right. know, no, you're, you're doing it on, on years that you're going to the, uh, you know, you're in you're in the hunt for the pennant or you're going to the World Series or you're winning the World Series and certainly certainly helps. But it was it was good to see. Uh, obviously, an emotional day for him, and it was it was fun to watch. I mean, they you know the Red Sox do these things very well. And it, and you're always kind of waiting. Okay, well, who's gonna who's gonna come out of the wall next? And then, of course, obviously, when Ric Flair comes out, you're like, oh, this is great. Woo! You know, <laughs> right. I think you know the the most interesting part of the ceremony for me was they they showed a highlight clip of of him on the video board, and mm-hmm. uh, you know his wife Kelly and and uh, his three sons are in the infield, and they're turned around and they're watching the video board. And I think his oldest son, I want to say, he's ten. Yeah, ten or looks, eleven looks about that. Yeah, maybe at the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the highlights, and I'm thinking, his sons don't know that guy. No, no, not really. Yeah. They didn't yeah. really watch that guy. Yeah. They saw the guy at the end, at the end. who was hurt, mm. who was rehabbing constantly, who had to ice his knee, you know, who had treatment, who was on the field and then off the field, and then he's playing at Pawtucket, and then he's playing in Portland, and he's, you know, sort of in the lineup and then out of the lineup. They saw the guy who struggled at the end. And, and I really hope that, you know, at some point when they get a little older and, you know, they're more willing to hear dad talk about, oh, you know, back when I was, you know, Pedroia right. is not that kind of guy. And I asked him yeah. about that afterwards. And he said, no, he said, I'm not the guy who's just like, you know, when I had that player, I had that position, you know, I did this and that. And like, that's not who he is. He's not right. going to hang on to that. Right. Um, but I, I'd be interested to to find out what they think later on when they're 17, 18, 19, and, and they can actually appreciate who that guy was in 2007, 2008, because yeah. they didn't know him. No. They didn't no. know him. That's that's a that's like a previous chapter of his life before he was dad, before he was the guy who can go shoot some baskets in the driveway, but then he's got to ice his knee. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know if they necessarily knew that person. And they were paying such close attention to it. They were captivated by it. It was like, wow, look at wow, this dude. That's right. Yeah. Like, well, that was pretty good, I guess. Like, holy yeah. smokes, look yeah. at him running around. Look at him hitting bombs. Like, <laughs> right. whoa. Yeah. You know, look at dad. Dad had a little something. <laughs> Back in the day. And I yeah. think we all sort of look at our fathers that way. Yeah, sure. You yeah. know, we see them as like, you know, they're a little younger and then they get a little older and right. then we start to pass them physically. And it's, yeah, yeah. you know, to the point where we look and we say, oh, come on, old man, you know, let's go play catch, right? right. You but know if what? you were there, if you were there in those, those 10, 15 years there where, where they were sort of in their prime before you, we came along, we'd have a different impression, if, for sure. If his oldest son was 15 instead of 10, yeah. he would look and say, yeah, you know. To, to his two younger brothers, hey, yeah, dad was right. really good. Dad like, was don't the give bomb. Him a, like, don't yeah. give him a hard time. <laughs> you know, dad could really play. Right. So, uh, Bill, the Red Sox are wrapping up their homestand. Uh, as we speak, they've got a pretty good-sized lead on the Royals. Uh, they and are shelling the Royals. <laughs> right. Sweeping well, the Royals. Well, you know. Sweeping the homestand. It could be. That's right. Seven in a row. Well, we don't want to jinx it because they still have, like, another uh, – I don't know what inning they're in, but it's a little few uh, innings to play. Bottom of the fifth as we tape yeah, okay. this, uh, so. and, and we're probably about to have the Matt Andrees experience. So oh boy, nothing is safe. So nothing is safe. Nothing That's is right. safe. No. <laughs> and then the, and then they head out to the uh, to the West Coast. They go to the uh, they they visit the A's uh, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, and then they visit the Angels, and that'll be fun to watch with uh, Shohei Otani on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then they come back, I believe, for the Phillies. Three more with uh, the Phillies, yep. Three more with the Phillies at home, and then the uh, the Yankees come back uh, July 15th, 16th, and 17th, and I guess that's... Well, then the All-Star break. The All-Star break And is then they go to in, New York. Oh, that, that's right. You're right. Uh, I'm sorry. They go to New they York, go to New York the break. Right. For so, four games. So we'll see, uh, we'll see where they are when they visit the Bronx, and... Uh, and how they make this West Coast, how they make out on this West Coast trip. So, Bill, um, try and do your best to stay out of this m- melting weather. Although today it's not so bad because uh, we got some uh, we got some rain coming and it's supposed to cool down. So we're we're better today. Okay, good. We're better. Right, but you know we're it's better. only July first, so I'm sure we're going to have some more of these ridiculously hot days. So you're going to have to mentally prepare. What did, what did I see yesterday? It's it's the first time we've officially had two heat waves, which is three days in a row at 90 degrees plus. First time we've had two heat waves in June since like 1941. Really? Did I see Is that, that right? Wow, you probably did. Yeah. Wow. Think so? Yeah. So well, if, it's things are only getting hotter, Bill. So it makes uh, sense. You know, it's true. If, if 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 that's any sort of indication of where we're headed this summer, <laughs> then uh, I think Bill Corey's going to have a lot of time on his boat, folks. You know, I uh, I actually uh, did a little work uh, on the on the river last week. I was Excellent. I took the laptop, I took the phone, I was able to get connected, and I was enjoying the breezes on the uh, on the river and uh, doing my work. So hey, you. if we if we can get cooped up at home, why not get cooped up outside or cooped out <laughs> outside and. Uh, Anyway, so that was a nice experiment. That, Good for that, you. That went well. That's yeah. excellent. Um, yeah, so uh, what was I? Oh, I wanted to make note of your uh, social media post the other day, which I got a chuckle out of when you uh, you showed your dashboard. And, uh-huh. uh, and uh, so obviously the point of you showing the dashboard was because you wanted to point out that the temperature reading outside was 100. Yeah, me and everyone else. Right. I know it's not a very original idea. And, and the commentary was something like, if you guys think this is funny or whatever, or I don't or something like that. And I, and I, and I was going to be a wise guy and, 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 uh, and 
post that, yeah, you, you're right. It's serious. You only have 74 miles before you run out of gas. <laughs> That's right. You That's better right. get to a gas station, Bill. <laughs> That's correct. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm glad to see that you pulled through. You made it. You toughed it out. I did. And uh, you, you got yourself back into some air conditioning. So hopefully you'll figure out how to stay cool uh, over these next few weeks. Uh, and we will do this again uh in a week or so. I, I'm soft. I admit it. First world problems. I'm sorry to everyone who had to listen to me whine for the last right. hour or so. Oh, God. I got to sit in my car with the AC yeah. on and go get some iced coffee or iced tea. Bill Corey right. is right to expose me. <laughs> he is. He you is. got gas, though, right? You did fill up, I, I hope. I did right. last night. <laughs> Excellent. I did. Excellent. Yeah. The AC won't work if the car doesn't uh, run. No, it'd so. be a big problem. <laughs> okay. I agree. All right, Billy. Thanks again. Thanks, Bill.